Shit, I left your TV on. God oh, damn, damn it, it no, Jeff. Jeff, go. There's an electric bill we have to think about. Go turn oh, the TV off. Man. On. Well, we got money now to pay it. Turn the TV off. Yeah. Is that how it works problem. now? You just you just yell at it like your Arnold Schwarzenegger and just turns off. Come on, turn off. God damn you. Don't worry about it. I love new technology. That's going to be right? part of all the new Xboxes is when the voice, yeah. Yeah, you just scream at it and Arnold and it just does what you say. Well, you got you got to get that special <laughs> they voice. They called me masturbating. It doesn't. It's amazing. It's great technology. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. Don't record me. <laughs> well, now, I mean, right now you got that whole yeah, it's like I'm going to listen to some records after I'm done masturbating and it starts recording you because you said records. Yeah, but you didn't do it in Arnold. Yeah. And see, <laughs> and, and unless you have a very specific kink, it's not going to accidentally go off. That's what she said. Yeah, that's <laughs> waiting for it. Although disappointed that it came from that side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 557. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And we're here to talk week and geek. Good to have you. Thanks for tuning in. There you go. And it's not as much fun to do it when I know you're expecting it. Is that what? That's it what is? she said. Yeah. That's when when you get you. when you get slack and you forget that I might make a comment like that. That's when it's the perfect time to strike. Yeah, she said that too. Yeah, it's 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 not about the quality of the joke. It's how much pain it inflicts, Master Torgo. I get it. It's all about the timing. I get it. There you go. <laughs> Inflict maximum. Damage in three, two, one. Geek Shock uh, Book Club is uh, reading 48 by James Herbert, but we're also Herbert, 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 also Herbert, voting Herbert. on the nominations for October's book, which nom, by, nom, 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 by nom, rote has to be a horror novel for October, of course. I see. And, and I, I don't get these new rules. We're not allowed to add to the poll. What the hell is that? You never were. Okay. <laughs> I've never understood why Facebook polls allow you to add entry. If 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 you're the one that created the poll, it seems like you should be the only one that's able to add to it. But every time, well, I should say the one time I've done it and then I've participated, I've been able to add things and going. I shouldn't be allowed to add stuff on here, but let me give you reason number four hundred and forty-seven <laughs> that uh, why Facebook sucks. Oh, okay. Uh, ba- <laughs> back before they did this rollout of new Facebook, which it has its own myriad of issues. Yeah, uh, I can't find Facebook. half the things now. Oh, they yeah, they offered uh, some. You want to try it out first, huh? Huh? And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll try it out. And I did the poll for the book club. I think back in yeah. uh, August, uh, and I put it together on the new Facebook. And then you can, when you make a poll, you mm-hmm. put the rules for the polls. And the two yeah. rules you can adjust are anyone can add something to the poll or you can vote on multiple things. Mm. And whenever I've set up the poll, it's, uh, I make sure that it's, you know, it's only the ones that people have nominated properly and mm. you can only vote for one. Right. Well, new Facebook you, has those options, but fuck you for checking any of it because it doesn't matter. They're going to do whatever they want. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so when I did it in August, I said, you know, no adding on books, no uh, no voting more than once. Right. And then when the poll went up, it was a space for add your option here and squares for everyone to mul- multiple times. And I'm like, and I tried it multiple times over oh, and over. Wow. And I'm like, fuck you. And then I sent a then when. Facebook says, why are you changing back to the old style? I'm like, because your polls are fucked up and here's why, and explained it all out. Ooh. So then now, 
September's come along, and now everybody has been forced into this new one, and they haven't fixed shit on the polls. Ah. And what's funny is it's kind of fixed in some places and not fixed in others. Mm. Uh, when I when I do it on my computer, none of the options matter. You can do multiple polls. You can do multiple options. You can add things. Okay. Uh, but when I looked on the phone, you could only vote for one thing, but you can add whatever the fuck you want. So it doesn't matter which facebook you have because it's going to do whatever it wants to do yeah so the new rules on then they didn't have to be rules because it was just the way i could structure it but now since i can't yes in the geek shock book club only vote for one book don't add any new books to the poll mm. easy stuff oh and I only see. nominate highland when highland we get one highland book a year that gets chosen then no more Highland books for the rest of the year. That's 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 the other rule that got instituted this year. That is funny. So, yes. Yeah, so we are, and probably by the time you hear this, the uh, votes have been counted on the poll, and yes. uh, the new book will be in All place. All five of them, six of them? Uh, four of them this round, but oh, okay. I, I, ooh, I'm I happy to read any of these four. You always are. Uh, that's, a, that's a saucy book. Two of them I've, the never, I've never heard of before, and mm. so that always speaks my interest. The other two are ones that I've wanted to read for a while. Ah. So, and I don't want to influence anything, so in case the poll is still up, I'm not going to say which is which. Well, you know what, Jeff, you know what we need to do. What's that? A Geek Shock movie of the month Mm. where Todd is forced to watch a movie so we can finally get some of these old movies off of his (laughs) fucking list. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll give it to Jake Godbold on attempting that. Um, yeah, and his weekly movies because oh, there was quite a few that he that threw up there. That, I didn't yeah. do those every night, but I did most nights, and it was fun. I did them when I could. Some yeah. nights I could, some nights I couldn't. More often I could not. Hey, but. I was sacrificing uh, Critical Role live. Wow, I'd have to watch it on the repeat. Oh, that's a crying shame. Yeah. That's goddamn sacrifice. So that's right. Good on you, Jake. That's what that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. When I wasn't napping and sleeping through. <laughs> uh, before we go into what we did this week, I'm going to yes. go ahead and just read the mail. We're going to flip things around a little we bit. We got Uh-oh. mail? We're going to flip, flop, flip it a flip. Somebody got our email address correct and uh, sent us mail? Uh, yes, but it's not Andy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Andy tried to send us mail, uh, failed somehow, and so he's... Well, he, he eventually got it to go through, but it's funny because usually when there's some kind of a technical issue... He texts me right away and says, hey, is blah, blah, blah not working? Or how do I do this or whatever? And he texted Kirsten and Kirsten goes, did he spell this right? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, he says it's bouncing the email back. Well, I'm like, well, oh. no, he okay. and I were in Just, conversation. He and I were in conversation. He's like, uh, oh, shit, it bounced back. So that's that's and you know that's why that well, happened. That's because his email has been blacklisted for months now. But um. But uh, but Man. in in listener email, yes, we have this one from Matthew Bates. Couple of things oh. he writes. One, mm. now that you are down to so few people, I can finally tell who's talking on the podcast. Well, there you go, <laughs> big boons. Uh, thank you, COVID, for making us. Uh, there you go, <laughs> identifiable. And two. Uh, last week you talked on Red Light Green Light about the Dick Jones RoboCop spinoff. I think a better one would be about Clarence Boddicker. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And uh, suddenly I'm interested. I, I, as much as I think he's more of an interesting character to tell a story about in that universe, I think it still has the problem of who is playing Clarence Boddicker. Right. There is that. And, and, I mean, Matthew Bates, you dumbass. <laughs> that's not what I well, said. Well, not to mention that he works for Dick Jones, so... Jones was always protecting him. So, who's the bigger villain at that point? 
Yeah. Bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's favorite quote. Yep. Yeah, man. I, you know what? When we watched that on Jake's uh, yes. thingy bop, thingy bop. Um, I'd forgotten how fucking good Kurtwood Smith was. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Know, it's the first time I'd seen him, right, in the movie when it first came out. But over the years, Big Bang Theory, notable appearances like in Voyager, Big Bang Theory. What the fuck am I saying? It's that 70s uh, show. That 70s show. Same um, thing. <clears throat> I was I said it and it didn't even register until the utterly completely blank look on Todd's face let me know I did something wrong. I was waiting for you but, to course correct before I yeah. jumped in. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, Jeff. Wow, it's rare. See what happens when you spend a couple hours watching Jeff watch his favorite team win. It somehow just kind of uh, he evens mellows. him out. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, you know, but I'd forgotten just how good he was he was really i really yeah. really liked his you know the, I'm, actually the whole fucking movie was you forget right? especially with as the sequels got more and more lurid and whatever sure. you forget how top to bottom that was actually a very good movie I mean, on, on many levels and a lot of that is due to the performances and rennie harlan and his take on what he wanted this thing to be I thought uh, Kurtwood Smith was uh, underutilized in Star Trek VI because the character of the president seemed like it could have been a, a slightly bigger well, role. I mean, sure, I realize it, yeah. it wasn't a, a prime role, but still an impactful Yeah, But Voyager, Year yeah. of Hell. Yes. Year of Hell. That's Absolutely. one fucking... I'm, you know, uh, Vernon will be the first to tell you I'm not a Voyager fan. He is not. <laughs> he is also not a Next Gen fan. Uh, well, yeah. I respect I respect bits and pieces of next gen. I respect the hell out of uh, Patrick Stewart and Brent Stewart. Brent Stewart. Brent, Brent Stewart. Spiner. Yeah. Brent Stewart was amazing. Brent Stewart. Well, you know, he does enough impressions of Patrick Stewart that yeah. you sometimes think they're related. He does. <laughs> so you know the, the I respect the hell out of that enough that uh, I appreciate what they've done. But yeah, Voyager. I'm not a big fan, uh, except for the Borg episodes. I like all the Borg stuff. Borg makes do. everything better. Yes. Borg, Borg, Borg. It does. It it's kind of funny because you know you could make that as a facetious comment, but actually there's something. And I mean the concept, uh, first contact notwithstanding, the concept of the Borg is unique enough that I think they themselves are interesting. But there's something about writing Borg stories that seems to get. Star Trek writers out of their fucking whatever they're in, and they they really do turn it up a notch. They're the Walking Dead of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah really. Well, and they're also such an enigma because you don't really know very much about their background, other than that you know that it's a living nightmare to exactly be assimilated. I've right. always seen them as a combination between the Walking Dead and Michael Myers. Michael Myers yeah, being right. that force of nature, just right. from Halloween One, not the yeah. rest of them. And yeah, mash that together with the Walking Dead and you have the board. And the the you know originally. The true hive mind. I mean, they changed things when they created the queen for the movie. Right. I understand movies, so I understand why they do that. And frankly, I think they did it well. They did, but I think overall yeah. it weakened the whole idea. Uh, I do agree with that conceptually because I think originally the whole there is no there is no leader there is there is no nothing there is no magic bullet. 
you know, there is no way to deal with this. It's, the queen is the Halloween six of the board. <laughs> Where you, you learn way too much about them, sure. and so they they stop being so interesting. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, well, then where, where you go then from it puts there? It more of a human is, face. On is it. you well exactly? That was the thing is that for Star Trek, that was a truly alien uh, life form. It was truly alien, and uh, you know, it, it you know, plastic shit stuck on foreheads, notwithstanding. But um, anyway, but, you know, like I said, I like what they did anyway, because F- First Contact is one of my favorite Star Trek movies. It's great. But, I love uh, that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Queen or no Queen. Yeah. Great. The Borg, Clarence Boddicker. Where the hell were we in all this? And <laughs> why is my phone alarm going We're on? in an email. Yeah. And I think the one of the issues with just the whole RoboCop world featuring anything but RoboCop is the whole issue with Smallville. It's like, when's he going to put on the Superman costume? Right. When's RoboCop going to show up? And that's going to be what people really want from that show eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, how how does Detroit become so downtrodden that all the crime is increasing? And how does this company not only exploit that, but uh, encourage it? so that it can continue to exploit it and, you know, that kind of endless cycle. But don't worry, Andy's going to write in and set us all straight. That's oh, he already right. has. I, I read, like, the first sentence or two, and then I was just like, meh. <laughs> ah, well. That, did, didn't pass that, muster? That so set Jeffrey straight. Well, when Jeffrey I, goes, meh. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till you read the full letter, but uh, let's just say there was, a, like, a good two pages worth of... <laughs> commentary so oh, it might oh not make God. it in, right. in its entirety wow. to, the, okay. to now, the podcast next week now we did get this email way, way too late for recording yeah so we will feature andy's argument next week i uh by the way you mean andy's dissertation uh, because oh, great. thank because, you for the, that heads up because i had a preview of andy's argument and then i got a preview of steve countering that argument i actually suggested all right, so one week Andy needs to send in his email rant, but then the next week Steve has to send in his email counter rant. Maybe I should read Ooh, these as the point, bard. Yeah, no, there <laughs> and you go. Actually, point actually, Matt or Jeff Harris said, and Todd should read those as the bard. <laughs> I shit you not. I shit you not. I shit you not. They said that. Oh, wow. So Your wish may be granted. But, you know, I don't know, two pages of the bard? That's I like lot. the bard, but that's a lot of bard. That's a lot for two reasons. One, your reason, and two, my throat reason. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, mileage may vary. I got to read the email first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is a, a part three. Oh, okay. He, oh. What was part two? He, he also writes, uh, uh, I am also surprised at how entertaining your Minecraft videos are. I can't stand that type of game. But the drama is so intense. Is there going to be an episode where Vlargo becomes a thing? Uh, f- no, and fuck no. Vlargo? <laughs> Vlargo. Like, um, like a play on Fargo? Uh, I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm, I'm trying no, to no, figure no. that let, one out. Let, let me put it to you in a, a way that all nerds can understand. Remember the ending of uh, Dark Crystal? Yes. All mm-hmm. right. Where the Skeksis and the ancients come together and the crystals shoot them, they become one creature. Oh. That would be me and Barry, and that could never oh. possibly oh. happen. Oh, you mean like a terrible transporter accident? Yes. Tuvix. Yes. Yeah, so, Vlargo, uh, don't get me wrong. It's uh, 
Barry and I have a very, very friendly adversarial relationship. It just doesn't seem like it in the videos. Sure. <laughs> uh, so we we are very kind to each other in the game and in real life when we're also taking the piss out of each other. So it, it wow. is friendly. Uh, I, I appreciate that you're enjoying them. It's uh, they're they're not easy to make, <laughs> and this this week was especially rough because. Oh. Uh, the way that I record my Minecraft videos, I use the the built-in uh, Xbox, Microsoft. You just hit a few buttons, and you're automatically recording your videos. Okay. No, built into Windows, basically. Okay. And so it's easy. I can turn it on, turn it off to record things as I need to. If I let it run too long, things get... Gummed up. Yeah, it's it, that's when all the digital artifacting happens, and so. Mm. So you're saying our first major purchase is not a new soundboard, but a new editing computer for you? Uh, no, that's that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's all right. Uh, so uh, Barry's been trying to turn me on to OBS, which is a sep- separate free capturing system, and so far I haven't gotten my head around it. In fact, mm. the reason why I haven't didn't do a, one this week is because I was wasting so much time figuring out OBS. Sounds like a lot of BS. It does, with a big O in it. And so BS. I'm still working with it because the the real reason I want to switch over is because my way way of recording things with the Microsoft system does not allow for multiple audio sources besides the microphone in the game. Hmm. So I can't get like on a Discord chat with Barry and then record a... episode together which is what we want to do okay and we've tried it a few different times and it hasn't worked so i'm trying to get obs figured out because you can do that through that yeah but that's okay because when it doesn't work then you do barry's voice and (laughs) it's it's what you got to do yeah that's that that's always fun oh Uh, oh my ear oh so uh, so matt i appreciate you writing in i'm glad you enjoy the videos uh sometimes i I wonder how well they come off but uh so i'm glad you're it's working for you it's working for somebody and if it makes you smile i'll keep making it oh uh but i did finally pop onto minecraft one little time this week Uh oh for a little just just enough time to go on and hang out with dumble dave and atomic gumby and Save Atomic Gumby when his Elytra broke in midair and oh died and had goodness. to go save his stuff. So <clears throat> Holy crap. Double Dave and I go grabbed all that stuff together. Wow. But I also found out that uh, Dumble Dave uh, mm-hmm. said that uh, because, again, uh, Barry and Deb have their own YouTube channel for Minecraft. It's yes. called uh, Vlarg and Indie Play Minecraft, I think, something yep. like that. They do a segment on there called Better Geeks and Gardens where they feature the base of somebody that is playing yes. on the Geek Shock a Minecraft server. Mm. Again, if you want to play on the server, just go onto the Shock Monkey's Lair and find Barry's post, and he'll gladly get you the information you need. Uh, so when I found out that Deb was going to go do this episode, uh, one, I wanted to see what Dumble Dave's place looked like because it's amazing. Yeah. Th- that The work he put in that thing is jaw-dropping. And two, I wanted to leave signs all over his place for Better Geeks and Gardens from Torgo. So watch watch for that episode. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. And gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? And again, Matthew, thank you for writing in. Mm. I watched Enola Holmes this week. That was a very fun movie. 
Now, is that that's the uh, the Netflix. that that Netflix pedo bait movie no. thing? That's you're, you're thinking what? of the other Netflix what? movie. Uh, oh. No, it's not the other Netflix movie either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's what a, a cer- uh, certain segments of the population yes, have decided yes. to make it their their flag it to what it is. Not that I not that I want to die on that hill, but I have to say. If you sit there and go, yeah, this is this this shouldn't be on Netflix. You're 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 a bit oh, a bit too tightly wound, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, there have been worse, definitely worse uh, kids movies of those types. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Ken Ken Park is probably the worst when you think about or hear about behind the scenes. Oh, uh, kids. Is is, oh, is, yes. is that'll is, that's, that's a rough watch. That's a rough one. It's it'll stand your Hell, hair on end. The original Lolita. It's just yeah, exactly. So there, and, and we, that's you know, the original it, yeah. Lolita from way yes. back. So uh, this, the movie, actually has the same kind of attitude you're having. Yes, and the 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 react the the movie's attitude. Is is along the lines of you that this is not appropriate and what the wh- why are you doing this? But it's from the kids' perspective, so it's not full on, full throttle judgmental to the floor, which I think a lot of people get irritated by that. And Netflix's misstep in marketing, yes, because that yeah. poster that they originally used was fucking stupid. Yes, it was. And asking for trouble, which oh, shit they might very well have wanted. You know, wanted. Yeah. But I read the no interview. I read the re- re- interview with the original di- writer director, and it's it. Yeah, I yeah. just yeah. So uh, Enola Holmes is is definitely not for pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's a uh, it's actually a fun little movie. Um, Millie Bobby Brown is charming as Enola Holmes. She's who is, on uh, her way, man. She, you know what? She's she's got pretty good comic timing in this too. She's, uh, I think she's, uh, she's potentially a little uh, early Winona Ryder, okay, and early Christina Ricci. Even, okay, you know, I think that she's. Uh, I could see that she can be moving way. You know, she can be on her way. It'll be very interesting over yeah. the next few decades to see where she goes. But she does a great job playing essentially Sherlock Holmes' sixteen-year-old sister, whose mother, it appears, abandons her at the beginning of the film. And the the whole point of the movie is her trying to find out what happened to her mother. Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes, who is the middle child in the uh, three children. the 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 older brother is kind of an uptight control freak. Mycroft is in. Yeah, the- Mycroft is in there. Okay. So you've got, right. you know, Mycroft, Sherlock, and Enola. That's but yeah, um, I, I don't want to say too much more about the movie because mm. I, I'm afraid I would give away some some plot points. But uh, very charming little movie. It was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. All the performances are great. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Is, is, a, is Enola canon? I don't know. Okay, all right. I, I, I'm I was, not sure if it's a Conan Doyle canon or maybe right. a licensed add-on later i would i would have to i I would honestly have to do some research and i I didn't didn't think about it it'd be great if uh, if she was and this is this is what they're doing hello kit kit has joined the podcast 
Yeah. And uh, rubbing on uh, the yep, machine. Okay. All right. Well, he's he, he's moving know, on to his thing. Yeah, but look at that. He it's did one thing. rub and he's like, oh, Man. he fixed it. <laughs> it's like, well, you're, you're all looking at me now while I'm I doing know, it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so, so pet me. <laughs> pet me. I am the center of attention. Oh, there, there's the second one. Yeah. It's really funny. The other day I went in the bathroom to go to the bathroom and he follows me and I'm like, well, okay, you want to. So I close the door and then when I'm done with my business, I turn around and there he is in the box. <laughs> And, and he's looking up at Leland like, well, you know, you yeah. were here, I was two, here. Two, two of a feather. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually very funny. <laughs> Gave me a very frank look. Well, he, he's going to give as good as he got. Yeah. Yep. And he, <laughs> it, it's really funny, too. The other day, Vernon came over, and Kit was in the garage. <clears throat> and I put a whole bunch of furniture in the garage because I'm doing all this house stuff. And Kit's just lounging on the uh, the dining room table, little pub table I have. He was loving it out there too. He was oh, just yeah. like, uh oh. he did. It's nice and smooth, and so you know, there's no chance of him getting close to the edge and rolling off like he's done yeah. with my car. And so I open the door and I'm like, "Hey, kid, kid, come on out. Uncle Vernon's here. Come on." And kid's just looking at me. And then from the TV room, Vernon's like, "Kid or kid, kid or kid," and kid brightens up. He jumps down. He goes running in and goes straight to the glass door. <laughs> He's just like, he's, to- and Vernon's like, he's, hey, Kit, no, I'm over here. Hey, Kit. And he's Kit totally just, Pavlov's dog. He's totally. It's, he hears Vernon's voice, and he's ready to go outside. Because about what, I'd say maybe 30% of the time you let him go out with Vernon? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if it's daylight maybe, maybe out. Maybe a little bit, but yeah. If, if it's, it's daylight day- out, he'll so go out with Vernon. he has completely associated Vernon with him being able to go outside. Yeah. So if Vernon is here, he's like, okay, I've got to prop myself where I know I can get to the door quickly. Yeah. Or he goes straight to the door. Yeah. And then he'll like... And just wait. Then, then he'll turn and look at Vernon like... What are you waiting well, for? Well, let's go. It's great. <laughs> and of course, Vernon being Vernon, you know, yep. he, he, he it, it rubs him the wrong way. We are all kids, bitch. <laughs> it's true. So anyway, so that's what I did this week that was geeky. All right. You know, talk to my cat. I spent a lot of time painting. Uh, probably the most painting I've done in a week. Holy this week! It's I, I'm bearing down on these these custodes. Custodes. That's the army that I'm working on. Uh, the second part for that guy that whose army had mm-hmm. been working on over the last year. Uh, yeah, he has now added to his his order. So I've been churning and burning on that and re- really getting great results. I'm really enjoying it. Wow. In fact, I put in about two hours before the podcast today. So, Jeez yeah. Louise. So yeah, just fitting it in where I can because I can't always fit in. Well, uh, don't, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you fucking dare. Uh, you either. <laughs> what did I do? Exactly. <laughs> just because I was what about to open do? my mouth what and you cut you me do? off? Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, but it is nice because uh, Justin Nozick uh, sent me, he's the guy that do, did our red light, green light theme. Yes. Mm-hmm. He also has a band called the Plague Physicians, mm. which I'm a ah. fan of because I made them my official band of my Nurgle army because ah. the music is really atmospheric. It's kind of, it kind of sounds like Tool that they're more atmospheric and melodic. Oh, okay. Uh, as that's, that's kind of how I describe the music. So it goes really well with the the plague burst cannon I would be working on, or something like that. That hmm. sounds about right. And so, but he's released a, a new one uh, called "In the Shadow of Arkham," I think. 
And uh, yeah, it's just song as or well, album. Album. Oh, okay. and it's just as uh, as wonderful. So he sent me an advanced copy, and I've just really, oh. really been enjoying it the last couple oh. days. I saw the I saw the link in there for us. So oh. yeah, so, yeah, so very uh, nice of you. Thank you. So if you're interested, he's got he's got a Bandcamp thing, uh, theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. So I uh, highly recommend checking them out. They're great. And uh, there is this one time at Bandcamp. <laughs> I don't want to know what you did <laughs> with your flute. That's what she said. I, I want to know exactly what you did with your flute. What else you do this week, guys? Uh, I know there's something, and I'm totally drawing a blank because I thought I put it in my show notes, and I realized that all I had in the show notes was Enola Holmes. Um, I, I did start oh. watching uh, Woke on Hulu. Okay. Uh, that's the uh, show we talked about a, a couple weeks back that was coming in Red Light, Green Light, I think we did about mm-hmm. a month ago. And oh, No, I was just in regular news. And it's uh, about a... Uh, a black cartoonist who has kind of been running along the uh, the classic ways of getting cartoonism, I, aka the white way, uh-huh. and then gets a run in with basically him being signaled out racist uh-huh. style. And but he then starts seeing the world start to animate around him, and it's it's kind of more of his. Uh, almost his internal dialogue projecting onto inanimate objects with animation. Oh, wow. And so it, it's really fun in that regard. But as the wider arc of a story goes, uh, the first few episodes, it's fun, interesting, has something to say. Uh, but it's also one of those dark comedies where main character cannot make good decisions for himself over and over again. Yeah. And, and and pays for it by the end of the episode, and so it, it's cringy in that regard. I have very hit or miss relationship with those types of movies because, like, at some point on some of those movies, I just can't continue to watch it sure. because it's and like this is a series, yeah, it's a TV series. It's like a certain character just continues to make the wrong choice over and over and over, and then sometimes they're presented with the obvious right choice versus the potential wrong choice and they always choose the potential wrong choice which ends up being the wrong choice and it's just like i i get just so done with with shows like that on i occasion. feel so attacked right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not something that lends itself to a lot of surprise too it's, it's like i see where this is going and it goes there oh uh, okay and so i that's that's been kind of disappointing with it but at the same time i have enjoyed it what i've seen but it is starting to all right, let's let's actually tell the story and not just oh, what bad decision is he going to make this episode? Mm. So Kay and I tried to start watching The Devil All the Time on Netflix. Yes, we got about an hour in and we're just like, I don't know where this is going. Mm. I, you know, it was just it was so dry. Okay, well, I, I've I've seen the title. Uh-huh. I, I've seen some buzz about it in the social medias. I mean, it's what loaded is, with stars. It's got... Sure, uh, I know Pattinson in it, and, but, yeah. but what is it about? We don't know. Oh, okay. That's that's it, an hour in. We still didn't know what the point of the movie was. It's kind of a... Kind of a... Like a Jim Jarmusch kind of thing? I mean, it starts no, no. off with a guy who is a World War II vet, comes back home to his very small town. Was it... It wasn't Arkansas. It was... Um, oh, shoot. Um, West Virginia. West Virginia. It's okay. It's very it sounds small. Like a, sounds like a not important fact. It's Back, backwards, Vir, you know, Big, backwards West Virginia town. It, it's kind of hillbilly or Appalachian Gothic. Okay, I think that's what I would call it. Okay, I kind of like that. Ignorantly genre. thought 
there was going to be like a supernatural element or something in it. Now the devil all the time kind of speaks to that. But it really is, it kind of makes a statement about religion. It's everybody... The poor choices humanity makes, I yeah, guess. poor choices. Maybe what they mean by the devil. I, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, again, it's an hour into it, we couldn't figure out yeah. really what the the point was, what the plot was. Um, but, my, you know. my best guess is that it's building up for a bunch of bad characters to converge into this conflagration where Tom Holland is going to be hurting a lot of people. That's about okay. the best guess I could get because that, that's where I kind of saw it going. But I was just sort of like, <sighs> so... Yeah, so Jeff and I, I mean, so, I will what, what say I'm, what I'm hearing is there might be something there, but it's not compelling enough to get you there. Not I mean, really. eventually I'll probably watch the second hour just to to you know f- see if there's something there. But yeah, an hour into it, I I mean, I will say um, Tom Holland did a really good job with the kind of West Virginian accent accent. Well, as, if that's the high praise of the and, movie, there's something wrong. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Being that he's from England, picking up that accent, number one, and and doing it well, and then a lot of the mannerisms and stuff that would be associated with the type of area that hit the character grows up in. Just, British actors are yeah. just better. It, it does seem They're like it just sometimes. just better. Because that was even something that Kirsten and I noted was that there's a lot of actors in this who are not native to the U.S. that are doing American accents throughout this, and... Not just like region specific to where the movie is taking place, but regions (laughs) that are near, you know, uh, because, shoot, uh, the Twilight guy who's Pattinson's character is from outside of that area and ships in. So he's he's playing with a kind of southern drawl that's very different than this West Virginia town that they're that the the film is centered in. So it's just, it's interesting seeing people that you know speak with a typical British accent that are portraying these other accents. It's, it's For me, it's just kind of fascinating watching the different dialects be performed. But not fascinating enough. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. the real point here. Yes. That is, that is the point. Yeah, so. Because I've seen the name and that's all I know. Yeah, fortunately, well, yeah. Jeff, Jeff gave me the mercy out when he was finally like, if you want to continue with this, that's okay. But if you want to go to something else, I'm cool with it. Wow. And Jeff doesn't say that often. So. Yeah. Yeah, we were just like. Hell or high water, that movie's uh, getting finished. Well, yeah. yeah. I paid my money. I'm going to see all the movies. Yeah. I do occasionally get caught up in that whole sunk cost fallacy. It's like, well, I'm this far in. I got to finish it. But yeah, that was. it was just one of those. There's like, I don't know what's really happening here, what the point of any of this is. You know, I had the same kind of reaction to Chipmunk Chipwrecked. You actually watched that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a Jason Lee fan too, but come on, really? Wow. <laughs> of all of his films, that's the one you go to? <laughs> I paid my money. I'm going to see all the movies. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, generally I'm like that, but occasionally you just got to make that decision. <laughs> So what else to do this week, guys? Anything else? Perhaps there isn't. Watch a lot of YouTube videos. That's okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's, that's I, kind of the bottom of the barrel. Like yeah. I watched a bunch of YouTube. That's just kind of a given on these weeks. Yeah, I was doing so much stuff around the house. I didn't get to do much 
geeky geeky except uh sure i did watch uh jaws in 4k yep you know all right oh uh watched unexpurgated psycho yeah mm-hmm. so that was i guess that's that's somewhat geeky Explain uh, unexpurgated psycho. Well, apparently there were scenes that were cut out by the censors. Yeah, when uh, Hitchcock films. So the uncut psycho. edition. Exactly. Fancy if, words. I, if I remember, yeah. that was like right before the MPAA became a thing, or it had just become a thing. So there really wasn't a lot of guidance. It was more like, you know, lose this or you get an R rating. It was like you have to take this, 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 and this out. Yeah, or yeah. that the movie doesn't show. Yeah, so. exactly. So and it you know it it was interesting. I'd actually, it, God, I was so young when I watched Psycho, front to back, the one time, and then every every other time since it's all in bits and pieces. Sure. So you know, and it's funny because the Janet Lee part is so, it's so talked about. It's very easy to totally forget. It's actually her character is central to the movie, but it is not. She it, it, is not the it's whole central movie. Central to yeah, it's, yeah. Se- it's central in order to take her away and surprise you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, and that was that was one of the big twists for for Hitchcock at that time was that I'm going to pay all this money to get this big star in here, and I'm going to kill her off in the first you know 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. So she's the inciting incident rather than the right. the protagonist, and it was like it was one of the things that caught audiences off guard because she's got top billing, or she's you know one of the top three build in yeah. there, and then you get in there it's like wait she's dead what yeah. she's gone and spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen this I think we're five fifty yeah. year old movie and also I had actually missed in the movie I had actually missed long time ago. Uh, in her conversation with um, Norman, uh, she actually said, I made a mistake, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to go back to Phoenix tomorrow. I never actually caught that. I never actually knew that. So when that all happened and I'm watching this, I'm like, Now it's a colorful oh, tapestry. Oh, shit. She was, oh. She was, oh. Now a true tragic character. Yeah. So it was kind of, oh. But we talked about that because uh, we're watching it and everyone's like, oh, yeah, they got to establish that she's a bad girl and she's doing a bad thing and, and that's blah, blah, blah. And that's one of the movies where they did the gimmick, but for that reason, that they would not allow anybody in the movie past a yeah. certain point. Yeah, because uh, it, you know, in the, in the, like Hitchcock made it the rule, if you show this movie, you can't go in past I want to say even up into the very late 60s, they were still, you know, they would just essentially run the film repeatedly throughout the day so if you bought your ticket you could go in at any point and so if you got in at the middle of the film you could stay and then watch the beginning again uh for the next screening but uh yeah i I looked it up just to double check that i was correct uh yeah the film was uh rated r by the mpaa in 1984 because the mpaa didn't exist until 1968 didn't bother but all the way through. The film time. was released in 1960, so I wanted sure. to double check yeah. that I had my facts straight. I was wondering if that was a little early or not, but yeah. So that was still so that was still Hayes Code. Yeah, although Hayes Code was falling apart rapidly. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of films that were pushing the boundaries just to see if they could get away with stuff. Like yeah. uh, it's it's one of the first films to actually see you you see a toilet in the film. There are all kinds of weird Scandalous. rules about like um, 
portrayals of sex on screen. Like, uh, I know Vernon made the point that, yeah, they had to be in their underwear yeah. um, when you see them lying in bed yeah, together. Well, it was funny. One of the women watching the movie with us was sort of like, who, who the hell wears their slip in bed? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, and there's other little things the too. The Hayes with like, family, that's yeah, it. really, with like the Hayes coat, because like typically, if you have a man and a woman in bed together, one of them has to have their foot like on the floor, yeah, and like weird little things yeah, like and that. And they did, I did. I think it was the male, John Gavin. He was uh, his feet were completely on the floor while they were lying on the yeah. across the bed short ways. All kinds of weird little things, but uh, and yeah. Apparently, by the way, uh, apparently John Gavin is an early '60s hottie. All the women in the room were <laughs> yeah. all like, "Ooh, ah. yeah!" That that suddenly they were paying attention to the movie. It was right, very, right. it was very sexist and demeaning. I just... <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, I mean, I could spend an hour on Psycho because it's one of my favorite Hitchcock films, but uh, well, we're not going to. No, exactly. That's why I said, uh, <laughs> "Wow, it's probably best." To okay, to cut it off here. So let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Woo-hoo. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> well, Andy has his thing. I have my thing for introducing the <laughs> oh news you don't give a shit I'm about. Glad everybody's got their thing. <laughs> I Jeez. got my thing. I keep it. That's what she said. Mm. Who could ask for anything more? <laughs> ah, Farmville will shut down by the end of the year. Yeah, Farmville still exists. That's a wow. thing. It's still the the butt of Geek Shock jokes six years ago. Right. Is shutting wow. down <laughs> eight didn't, years ago. Jesus. Didn't it get a bit of a boost during the, the pandemic, though? Like, with all the isolation, people started playing it again? Maybe. I don't know. It's Farmville. Yeah. Wow. I, well, I've never played it, so I can't really You're speak to it. You're not fooling anyone. <laughs> Quote, following an incredible 11 years since its initial launch back in 2009, we are officially announcing the closure of the original Farmville game on Facebook, wrote Zynga. Wow. As previously stated, Adobe will stop distributing and updating Flash Player for all web browsers, and Facebook will stop supporting Flash games on the platform completely after December 31st, 2020. Farmville will therefore be directly affected as a result of this, i.e., they're not shutting down because they want to. They're shutting down because it is a Flash-based game. Oh, but I wonder why they didn't just recode it in like well, HTML five or something. He, he he said the original Farmville. Where's this going? Oh yeah, yeah. Farmville gained immense popularity in 2010, peaking at 83.76 million monthly active users. Jesus, after that's tw- crazy. After 2011, the game plummeted in popularity as new Facebook and casual games flooded the market, but Farmville remained an immense figure that not only gave Zynga a fortune, but also inspired many other casual browser and mobile games. You can still play Farmville on Facebook up until December 31st, but you won't be able to make in-app purchases after November 17th. After that, the in-game payment system will be turned off, Zynga recommends that all players use up their remaining credits, Jeff, before November 17th, as no refunds will be provided. Oh, man. Uh, Zynga is also working on an in-game activity to send Farmville off. Oh, as for 2021, there there are still other Farmville games out there that don't use Adobe Flash, including Farmville 2 Tropic Escape, Farmville 2 Country Escape, and the upcoming release of Farmville 3. Oh. So, yes. 
New boss. It dies, but boss. then lives on still. Hey, you somehow. know what they need to do for the Farmville send-off? They need a, a geek shock destruction of Farmville planet <laughs> and just have that wave of geek shock destruction, you know, pour over. I really hope that their 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 send off is that uh, in the Farmville world, uh, Trump puts a, a a embargo on China and China puts an embargo on Farmville oh. in the game. So that's why it all destructs because of uh, uh, weird flexing by the president. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what that's there that's the go. best ending for Farmville, the one that makes the most goddamn sense because Farmville still ha- happens apparently. <laughs> How is this still a thing in 2020? Yes, that's, that's kind of the point of the story. How is this a thing in 2020? It's going to appear on uh, Last Week Tonight soon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Amazon has unveiled the next big piece of its gaming strategy. Luna, a cloud-based games streaming service that takes aim at competitors like Google Stadia and Microsoft xCloud with a robust launch library and Twitch integration that's set to debut next month. Amazon's Luna reveal, uh, the reveal teased how a low introductory price subscription service featuring its own controller that connects directly to the company's Amazon Web Service Gaming Cloud touting a new streaming platform, quote, where it's easy to play games on devices you already own. That ah. sounds so goddamn familiar. The Luna website promises instant access to a library of titles with, quote, no waiting for lengthy downloads or updates, just play, unquote. Uh, though the Xbox-style Luna controller promises direct integration with the service, players can also use a DualShock 4 or Xbox One controller, as well as a mouse and keyboard. Luna is also aimed at uh, deepening players' engagement with Twitch. That's that's the real catch. Uh, the live s- streaming platform that Amazon also owns. Uh, what? Uh, Luna will feature Twitch streams that highlight the games in its library and allow players to hop directly from a game's Twitch stream into the game itself. So if you have Luna and you're watching somebody play a game that's on Luna on Twitch and you go, I want to play that, you can just hit the button in Twitch and go right to it. Ooh, vertical integration. <laughs> For now, the only way to get early access to the Luna platform or the $50 controller is by invitation. Uh, the service is set to go live for early invitees sometime in October, and it'll be available and supported for Fire TV, PC, and Max OS devices. So, yes, Stadia 2 by Amazon. And my understanding is Stadia is really not doing well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I had forgotten it had actually launched, to how, be honest. How can you forget? They they own YouTube and put a commercial on. You watch YouTube, you know how many Stadia commercials you get. I haven't been getting any. Yeah. Lately, I've been getting a lot of insurance commercials. Mm. I've been getting a lot of GoDaddy commercials. I, wonder, I mean, it's I wonder crazy. if somebody who watches a lot of soft, plushy claw games and shit like that gets stuck in their Stadia algorithm. Mm, maybe. I would say it'd be more board game algorithm, but you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been getting weird commercials, and, and the, the break-ins for the ads are getting ridiculous <laughs> yeah, now. They're awful. I got, I got excited because I saw Biden commercial <laughs> i've been getting a lot of and then i realized we were watching jeff's espn app uh for the football game and i was like ah fuck i'm still not in that zone God i've been getting it. a lot of biden and trump commercials and, and it's like ah uh, to be an independent do you, you do you vote sides. 
when the when it gives you the option when the commercial comes up and it has in the little corner the up up fingered arrow and the down thumb arrow. Do we get those? I I've have, never seen that. I have reported some of the commercials that are completely loaded with false statements, which happen to be political commercials. Not reporting them. It just it just gives you. Well, the they po- don't show them to me again once I do. But yeah. right, I'm not talking about reporting commercials. That's its own thing. Uh, on mine, it'll come up at least when I'm watching it on the tablet. It'll come up with a thumbs up or thumbs down vote on the commercial. Hmm. I interesting. I don't know. If you, I, you don't I, get that either? No. Wow. I, I don't think I've ever Because I, I do I, get the skip ad after five, five seconds on yes, most of them, but sure. occasionally I'll get one that forces me to watch at least 15, 10 of the seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah, 10, so, 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. Interesting. Maybe maybe that's why I am getting commercials more tailored to me, like could be. Stadia stuff. I, I get board game commercials. Yeah. I see. I don't get those. No, this is this is YouTube yeah. through uh, console, right? Console no. app? No, this is this is YouTube through my iPad 2, which has not been able to update YouTube for over a year and a half. Ah, because well, so I maybe do, that is it. Maybe I it's because I'm using an older version of YouTube. There you go. Because if I delete it, it won't update any further because yeah. this iPad is no longer supported. This and if I delete it, it won't let me re-download it. So it right. just keep this old version. Maybe that's why. I do YouTube on my phone as well. And I'm telling you, I don't see no fucking... I, I'd, I'd fucking downvote every motherfucking one of those commercials. Oh, see, that's from. where I started changing on it. That's when I... I originally was doing this like, fuck it, it's a commercial, down. But then I started going, well, maybe if I, I can't stop the commercials because the downvotes aren't going to stop them. So what if I upvote commercials about subjects that I like mm. and downvote oh, sons of subjects I don't give a shit about, like automotive commercials? Now, see, that, now might, you're doing that might be work. part of it because a lot of times I will browse videos that I want to watch on my phone, add them to my queue, but then with the contour box that I have from Cox now, I can watch YouTube directly onto my right. big screen because before i was just adding it to my queue and then yeah on the big screen it. i don't see it so so yeah the big screen it is the only option it gives me is to oh, skip oh so. i don't do youtube any other way except on the big screen now Aha. so maybe yeah you know, through my chromecast or right. through the or through yeah. the Xbox console. The only I, time it gives me the option is when I'm using it on the iPad uh, when I'm laying in bed. I will say some of the most annoying. Well, don't lay in bed. I love laying in bed. Yep. Oh. When it breaks in for an ad, and then you'll get like another fifteen to thirty seconds of the video, it's and great. then it breaks so in with stupid. another ad, and it's the same fucking ad. Yeah. Like I was watching, uh, I was watching a video yesterday. I'm like maybe five six minutes into a fifteen minute video. It breaks in with an O'Reilly Auto Parts ad. Fortunately, it's only like a like a five six second ad. I go back. I get like another, I don't know, maybe minute, two minutes of the video, and it breaks in with the same fucking ad again. Dude, it's, it was worse on Crunchyroll when oh, I would geez. watch oh, yeah? Crunchyroll. Oh, yes, of course. They would pop in. I I for a while there had the the music to Hogwarts memorize because they would bust in with a hogwarts uh, at universal studios ad mm. and then they'd repeat the ad and then they'd repeat the ad it's really bad when you're using the tv app stuff yes and really sometimes bad. they sometimes they repeat it four more times and i'm like you are shitting me and the, and the same commercial break yes yeah. yes yep. no it's not like it's four throughout the whole episode four in a row it's like okay, that's maddening. Th- yeah, yeah. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to refuse to go to this place just fucking because. <laughs> you know what is funny about hating ads is like the Google um, ad thing when that pops up and like you say, you can, you can actually, you know, I don't like this ad. And I love it when it says, you know, why didn't you like this ad? And you click on it and all the options come up except I fucking hate ads. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can't say that. You can say, oh, it covered the part of the screen. Oh, I just didn't like this content. Or, but you can't say, I fucking hate ads. Because that's not an option they'll accept. Yeah, nope. really. That's how, but that's get, how Google's built their business was yeah, ad revenue. Fuck them. But I get multiple Stadia ads all the time when watching YouTube. Oh, geez, I so wonder why. So they're pushing. And Google, of course, owns mm. Stadia. Right. So... It's synergy, synergy. It, it, it's hilarious because yeah, I it's like Stadia. I don't even know what the fuck that is. It's what I just <laughs> said here. It is the Amazon Luna. I know, <laughs> and it's like I just what's the Amazon Luna? I I it's sit the there Google and I want to. Yes. I'm expecting the soft voice, uh, moon eyed uh, girl from you know uh, Harry Potter. Harry ah, Potter? You know, what, well, wow. What, like, hey, Mr. Boston? Boston. <laughs> All right. Thought that, I thought Andy was in the room well, for a second there. Well, now, what the fuck happened there? But, it, yeah, it's... Uh, that's a funky Boston you got there. Yeah, man, my goodness. <laughs> Better go park your car. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to do an impression of Andy's impression of people from that, uh, <laughs> from the north. No wonder it's indecipherable. Yeah, that's right. Oh God! The the new episode of Family Guy this weekend completely made fun of people from Massachusetts. Oh, it was well, they, it was they vicious. They taken down yeah. a peg or two. Fuck you, them and their their cradle of liberty. <laughs> and can you somehow forget to use the word a? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're gonna get a get a Boston Gabe one for that one. All right. Oh dear. So what else do we not care about? Uh, you don't care about, you don't give a shit about the live-action Hot Wheels movie based what? on Mattel's famous hot toy line as its writers. Uh, Neil Wigner and... Writers? Uh, writers. They're going to write it. Yeah. Uh, Neil Wigner and uh, Gavin James, a writing pair who are also working on sequels to the magical heists of now, the Now You See Me franchise and the uh, sequel to The Rock's San Andreas. They're the ones writing it. Oh, okay, good. Columbia originally had Charlie Angel's director, McGee, working on it for several years. Still no word on what the movie's going to be about or I when it's coming out. I think McGee is a perfect fit for a Hot Wheels-like movie. It seems right. right? I, but the thing is, we broke the Hot Wheels movie. Yeah? When I play Minecraft, I'll listen to mm. the occasional old geek shock just... Just oh for, yeah, just for memory lane. Well, shit. And yeah. and I ran to the one where we first announced the Hot Wheels movie like five years ago or six oh, years ago. That must have been a Latino review uh, break. Uh, it's at least Vulture, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, it's still happening. They now have writers officially attached because Hot Wheels. I never know what to think of those movies because my knee jerk reaction is, oh god, not another insert movie like Battleship in here because that was one of the worst like bring a toy property to the big screen. It was But then we got weird stuff concept. like the Lego movie which was fucking phenomenal it's and it's like genius. Now I'm like do I go with the knee jerk reaction and go this is going to be a shitty movie or yes. is it going to be a surprise no. like 
like Lego movie. Nah, was. there is no Lego movie. Listen, if 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 the hot if they're they're missing out. If the Hot Wheels movie does not end with its final scene being a four year old banging two toys of cars together, right? Then wow. Then I'm glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's yeah. just glad you added the together on the end. It, 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 like, we were that was close. That, that was almost a Netflix ad campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least what a certain uh, uh, oh parental profile thinks the ad campaign said versus what the ad campaign actually said. There you go. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Wait, 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 wait. No, I just read this. I just read this. Oh, oh did you? Um, uh, uh, fuck. I oh. can't remember where. Well, shit. Um, but, uh, dude, the, 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 the game, the game. Um, um uh, uh wheels uh, uh, wheels in the dark gaslands oh gaslands gaslands that's that, that's the tabletop miniature car yes, wars game that you that you buy you use hot wheels and uh, hot wheels and match matchbox cars and you they they yeah. actually they actually were optioned uh for for some kind of uh movie thing oh were they i Fuck. I don't do- believe you. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was you, doing a good job, You tried Jeff. too hard on that what, one. Was I trying too hard? Yeah. I yeah. thought I made it kind of natural. Nope. I was doing what I... You know what? It was kind of natural. Good on your in- acting instincts. <laughs> <laughs> He's being but, polite. But my goddamn Kadar is up. <laughs> I was working hard. I'm like, sir, okay, there's a blip on the commander. Don't, Kadar. Don't, don't, don't ignore, d- don't ignore, overplay, ignore. Don't overplay the winning. Don't overplay the remembering. Okay, now, now, <laughs> a- oh, oh, ask him for the title because that always brings him in. What was the title and of that my, and game? And what's my motivation for bringing this story up? Um, oh, um, like I need um. to think about that. <laughs> what was going to be the pun? Uh, nothing. It was just going to be they. They obviously are doing a Hot Wheels movie because eventually the sequel will be Gaslands, where the Hot Wheels cars have to be. You see, that's not a joke. That's actually a good I- goddamn idea. <laughs> oh, okay. I got to stop doing good ideas. That's right. my problem, Jeff. And by the way, Gaslands an amazing game. But that, check, check dude, it out at your local game store. Guys, it's fucking insane. You take Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars, and then you do little model mods to them to make them into fucking Mad Max, Mad Max vehicles, yeah. and you run around driving and shooting and killing and... Ah, uh, uh, the killing and the shooting and uh, the maiming. And you can do the crash-up derby style where it's, it's yeah, yeah, uh, five against five or whatever. The, the, or you can do a full-on race and try yes, to actually... Yes, There's many variations. They had an play. arena set up, wasn't it, where they were demoing uh, at the uh, Warhammer, Warhammer, Warhammer? Yeah, that the Warhammer, Warhammer, Warhammer. <laughs> well, with the demolition derby, do you have to find those old Hot Wheels that when you tap the little panel on it, it would flip <gasps> over and do the dent thing? Shit. Fucking Jeff. <laughs> yep. He those just... old... He just... Those dude, cracked me up back then. Dude, he just found the... He just... It's it's all there. Money to be made. Yes, Crash Up Derby. <laughs> Kay's like, it's green a, light! It's green a green light, light man! <laughs> what a novel idea! Green light! Let's, <laughs> let's, let's see fucking Andy rant about this idea. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about... Less than six months after launching Queedy, <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg is already looking to potentially sell the service. Nothing's decided yet as the company explores, quote, several strategic options, unquote. The short-form streaming service went live uh, early April. Its first two months managed to net 4.5 million app downloads 
but with 1.6 million subscribers. Uh, Quibi not only uh, did not manage to, quote, grow significantly through the middle of the months of 2020, despite the pandemic, unquote, writes Deadline. Uh, Quibi, whose gimmick is shows that run 10 minutes or less, is the home of programming that can be enjoyed either in vertical or landscape mode on your mobile phone. Now you know what Quibi's for. I went ahead and signed up for it. Did uh, you? Got a couple of uh, recommendations on Did the you? Shock Monkey's Lair. And, uh, Get it before it's gone. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> it's free six months, so why not? Oh, if um, it lasts. Right. Yeah, really. You all... Although they did just announce uh, the, uh, the email I got today. Uh, Sam today? Raimi's doing a 50 States of Horror yeah. show on Quibi. Yeah, I, I stopped bringing Quibi stuff to the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was actually announced about four months ago. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, it's just now coming Ow. to fruition. Jeez. Yeah, it just like it apparently is going to launch... Like, Yay! Three minute horror movies. But dude, think th- this is this is genius on Jeff's part. He subscribes, and by the time it starts clicking on his credit card, it'll be canceled. Right? He doesn't have to do a thing. Yeah, and that cat's Well, they didn't make me sign up with a credit card, which I thought was unusual because usually <laughs> your checking account. Oh my nope, god! No, nothing. Oh, okay. Like typically, when you have those free trials, they do make you. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, they didn't. Yeah. So. Not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> not a good sign at all. <laughs> wow. Here, but, have it for free. No credit card needed for potential keeping it. Yeah, but you know, good on that Katzenberg guy. He comes up with an app and an idea, and then you know, after a few months, he sells it. That's where the money is, man. I didn't see anything in this that says there's a buyer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe maybe Spielberg. <laughs> he's he's part of it. He'll help him out. He oh. is helping him out. Oh, okay. Well, then, hey, it's it's not for lack of big names. Quibi has a <laughs> lot of big names attached to it. Yeah, I know. But those poor guys, Spielberg, wasn't he in on that Divix thing <laughs> with Lucas? I think they, I love the guy. Oh, you're makes, talking about the old the the, the, the Divix, Divix uh, yeah. discs that you rent and they erase yeah. as you watch well, them. Well, no, you buy and then you have to rent what you bought. Or yeah, <clears throat> it's Divix. sort of it's it's you know the guy makes a great movie. Don't follow him on the tech purchases, okay? <laughs> I'm just I it's you know just, I love the man. It's he's it's, just saying it's no, it's well said and follow his advice. <laughs> <laughs> But, but really, they, they saw YouTube and said, what if we made an expensive version? There you go. But, s- but we make the content, and it's because that's all you that's not what people are watching. Yeah, well, that's not yeah, what people are you watching. You know what, the, dude, it was, it was they, they saw a bunch of teens getting naked on vines, and they're like, okay, we got to ruin this somehow. <laughs> For moral, <laughs> it's a moral imperative. What's, what's the name of the guy that directed uh, District 9? Oh, uh, Blomkamp. Yeah, Blom- Neil Blomkamp. Right. Blomkamp. Right. They saw him do his short movies there you go. on YouTube. That's right. And and said, "Oh shit, we could do that too and monetize it." Fuck there you. There you go. Fuck you, Quibi. Die in a fire. Yeah. I it think is interesting be- when you scroll through, like, because I was scrolling through the different quote unquote recommendations. It's like you got a lot of star talent attached to a lot of these things. But they none of none of them is more than like an hour long. Once you you get all the yes, they sunk money in. into yeah. The, 
they're only allowed a maximum 10 minutes, if I remember right, yeah. as long as anything can be. But you can have episodes yes. telling like one Actually, long story. I take that back. I think the, the biggest one is like 10 10-minute 10 episodes. So that's just over an hour. Lord help us all. And know, uh, right? maximum 10 minutes. Or hour and a half, rather. Wait a minute. Wayback Machine. Wasn't that YouTube like 15 years ago? Oh, yeah. Back when they used to put the limit on it. <laughs> oh, I see. So they're oh. trying to bring that back. <laughs> Something like that. And, and I, I, I realized the, one of the big problems they ran into is was this was something to use on your commute yeah. on the way to and from work when work stopped. Because when you're on your phone, it encourages you to download <laughs> the episodes as opposed to actually streaming them. So, yeah, I hey. think that's why they tried to initially keep it in those 10-minute chunks. That brings up a good point. What's that? What happened to our numbers during COVID? Did we drop because, yes. you know, there's no commute? If, if you want to know, absolutely. We, we have dropped. Oh. So we appreciate you listening, Shock Monkeys. You rock. Yeah, those of you who are still listening, thanks. <laughs> well, what do we need to keep you? No, don't answer that. Okay, Jake. I was about to just... <laughs> Pat, Jake, don't answer that. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Chuck E. Cheese has announced they have plans for a live-action movie and an animated series. Oh, Lord. The company wow. was forced to apply for bankruptcy when the coronavirus pandemic hit. Oh, I thought it was when Trump bought them. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they have had to close several of their locations. The creation of the Chuck E. Cheese Entertainment Division is seen as a creative way to keep the company in business. Mm -hmm. uh, there are no other details at this time. Was it even doing well before the pandemic? It was in rough shape. Because, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I thought I remembered reading somewhere that the numbers had been on a steady decline for at least two decades now. So. It's funny, but subpar pizza yeah. mixed with mostly broken games and a quickly dwindling animatronic scene yeah. doesn't work well. Fuck. Nope. I could do that out of my house. <laughs> and and kind of do. It, what? <laughs> I, I think It's not animatronic. It's probably been a good 15 years, but the last time I went to a Chuck E. Cheese was a friend of mine. His son was having a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, and exactly what you said, like the... The animatronics, they'd, they'd cut it down to like one. Yep, it's just Chucky, and now even now they've taken him out. And the games were mostly working that day, but they weren't working like perfectly, so there were times you'd move the joystick and it wouldn't move in that direction. Um, that sounds what? like broken to me. I, a... Yeah, I hope. <laughs> but Pac it was Pac-Man where you can't go right. <laughs> Well, no, but I mean, it was like subtle. It didn't do it every time. It's like, oh, well. It's like you think it's working and then all of a sudden it stops. Okay. Pac Man, where one out of 10 times you can't yeah. go right. You know what? That sounds like a fix. Like they're trying to just so the kids have to keep playing the game. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, all the, the pizza, broken games that way makes sense. Yeah. The pizza was not good. Imagine that. I, it was not good. I have to make a confession. What's what? that? I've never, I've never, I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. Don't go. Oh, you're not missing much. Oh. When it was still a separate company and Showbiz Pizza was a thing, that was good. And then they did have good pizza back in the day because yeah. that was that was like one of the things that uh, my parents would occasionally save up for. So that you know, originally the closest one was near my grandparents. So when we'd go up to visit my grandparents in Missouri, we would go and hit Chuck E. Cheese with all my cousins so that 
the pizza was inexpensive, but it was still good pizza. Mm. And, you know, the animatronics were awesome. And back then, the games, a lot of time, it was that back was... when arcades were still yeah, alive. That's yeah, true, too. Yeah, arcades. But for us, like, in, in Wichita, we got a lot of games late. Like, you know, stuff what? that stuff that had been Fucking on the Eastern... What do you expect? Stuff that had been on they the East or West Coast like, for months. Well, they're, you know. they're about to get Stadia. Yeah, but that's because they're close to the ships. Yeah. So when they bring them from Japan, it's right sure. there. But yeah, yeah, Showbiz was a place for us to play like the more the, the more new releases as oh. far as like arcade games and then, direct pipeline to the ships. And of course, the Rock of Fire explosion was just oh, that's show awesome. Yeah, that's Showbiz. So, Rock of Fire. But then yeah, when when they eventually got bought by Chuck E. Cheese and then slowly started turning the Showbiz pizzas. Into Chuck E. Cheese, it oh. was all downhill from Nolan there. Nolan Bushnell, the guy yep. that created Chuck E. Cheese, also created the Atari's 2600, yep. by the way. Uh, he opened something awesome. He put a little bit of Disneyland in the heartland. Yeah. Yep. And, and little pizza places. Yeah. And some of my best birthday memories from the early well, 80s is Chuck E. fucking cheese. Okay. Um, and, and it was great. They had the animatronics on the top. They had this little cheese hole thing that you could run through and beneath it. Yep. And then there was a second room, which for the adults had a animatronic lion that would sing Elvis songs. Oh, funny. He was called the King. Oh. And uh, plenty of YouTube footage on him if you want to see him in action. So yeah, we they never had, had that. And they had another room in some Chuck E. Mm, Cheese's that uh-huh. was another one based on the Beatles. Oh. Oh. So Are they it, Beatles? So you, so you I don't believe so. Oh. Uh they but they so they had multiple rooms. One big one for the kids with the pizza, and then they had the big arcade room, and then they had the room for the adults. So the because early eighties, you just send the kids to the arcade and you go get away from it. Right, them. really. Yeah, they give you the bucket. It's like, here's your bucket of tokens. Now go play games. Sure. But again, this is the early 80s. The So yep. arcade is king. Yes. Animatronics are fairly new for those who haven't gone to Disneyland because yep. you live in the middle of the goddamn USA. Yep. And so this, yeah, so that's what it was. And Nolan sold it off for a good penny, and then shit started going downhill from there. Well, that's usually how it's done. Right. But that's when the showbiz pizza started really ranking up and becoming better. Yeah. Then Chuck E. Cheese, after that sell-off, and then Chuck E. Cheese came and bought it and made it just as bad as everything else. Yep, that's true. I always thought that was weird, because showbiz was still doing well at the time that Chuck E. Cheese bought them. And, and they were, like you said, on the decline at that point when they bought showbiz. It's like... One's going up, one's going down, yet the one going down is the one that buys the one going up. Yeah. I know usually the one going down on is the one buying the going yeah. down. Mm. Well, it, it, it depends what you're into. <laughs> Your mileage you? may vary. <laughs> and that's it for the news you don't give a shit about. Oh, okay. uh, but, but at this point, yes. Chuck E. Cheese, right. as an animated TV show, mm. as a movie yeah. oh that's right we were talking about that. that's what the real story was oh yeah uh, hasn't that bird goddamn flown yeah that's because they used to show like little animated clips in the Chuck E. Cheese back in the day where like right. little like in between the animatronic shows they'd have little cartoons featuring Chuck E. Cheese up there and yeah I think you're right that's we're talking 20 plus years ago you that they what, did that you know what they're doing reintroduce the Chuck E. Cheese IP. So like in 10 years, they can open up a bunch of pizza places featuring Chuck E. Cheese. 
and and have the little kids come in. And you and, could play games there. Yeah. Yeah, and they maybe have like a, like a ball thing that you could That's run around true. in or something. You know, yeah. and, and then right next door in a separate building, it's the the strip club where the parents go when that's they drop the, off their that's kids. That's where the king is. Actually. And the yeah. strippers are animatronics? Is that the, animatronics. <laughs> strippers. Yeah, because, okay. you know, now it, you have it's the age of COVID. <laughs> well, right? it's, so. it's Chuck E. Cheese's, and then next door it's Cheesy Chucks. Oh, Cheesy Chunkies. Cheesecake Chucks. Cheesecake Chucks? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Chunky Cheeses. And they wear all those classic cheesecake <laughs> There you uh, go, Chunky Cheeses. <laughs> hey, baby. The dancers. <laughs> <laughs> you slip them a dollar, and that triggers the whole lean forward, and they shake their, you know. They're but, of course, the kids are in. Tassel-covered. Uh, yeah. No, not tassel. This is a full-blown, you know. Oh, really? Because this is for the adults. The kids are in the good place. Uh-huh. They're playing the games. They're eating pizza. But what if the good place is the bad place? Uh, that was for you, Professor. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm I'm trying to reform here, Jeff, and you're not helping. Hey, no, no, here, no, here's, here's the other side of the call. Oh, fine. Abandoned go ahead. Go ahead. You're saying, I was just going to say you serve pizza in the strip club, too. Yes. You know, like Same you do. kitchen. Well. <laughs> that would save money. It would save money. <laughs> but Shared kitchen. Boy, if that. If those kids figure out a way over, you, it's it's all over. Or if somebody gets the wrong custom pie. <laughs> Ooh, pie. Hey, kid. Yeah, sure. We talk about Chuck E. Cheese as you come by. Now, to the other side of the coin, yes. Chuck E. Cheese isn't for us anymore. No. no. And, the, and the little kids do still love going there. Really? They mm. do. They, you show a kid to the ball pit and the the upper maze and some games that sort of work, they're going to be fine with it. The Chucky, Chucky's no longer there as an animatronic. Right. That hasn't been a, a reason to go in an age. I now thought it's they just pulled that, all those ball pits out, though, because of all the safety concerns years ago. Who knows? There's a lot of pee in there, and there will always be a lot of pee. Peeing in the ball pit is just a thing that happens in every ball pit out there. Trust me, and no, it wasn't me. <laughs> that, but that, you, you that know the guy? Time? You know the guy? I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't watching The King. Uh, so it's it's there might be a market for this for the little kids, uh, which you probably aren't aware of because this is not something that we would normally seek out. But it is my understanding that Chuck E. Cheese, the character dressed up, has his own Twitch channel where you can watch him playing video games. Really, I believe that is a that is something that exists. So they're they're working it, they're trying to make it work. Good luck, Chucky. All right. May may you have a resurgence and at least be a good place to go again. For the kids. Weekend Geek! Jesus Christ. <laughs> Andy, what? I take it back. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> Jeff oh, was so Woo-hoo. devastated by the Chuck E. Cheese news. He had nothing to... <laughs> and I'm busy with a picture. Yeah, Kit the Great Distraction, I think, is it's doing it. Uh, Nick Fury is headed to Disney Plus with yeah, star Samuel L. Jackson set to star. Uh, the series comes from writer-producer Kyle Bradstreet, who wrote for Mr. Robot. Uh, while Jackson previously appeared in two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this would be the first regular TV role. Uh, no word on how the show will fit in a film continuity, considering that Nick Fury was last seen aboard a Skrull ship in outer space. 
The Nick Fury series is currently in development, and it'll accompany the Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, She-Hulk, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and Ms. Marvel, and WandaVision, which will introduce fans to the small screen lineup later this year. That's a lot of Marvel shows. I wonder if this has something to do with the rumor several months back that that Disney Plus was working on an Agents of Sword series, and that that's what the Jackson... Nick Fury series ends up being perhaps yeah I'll, I'll watch it sure I mean, <laughs> Samuel Jackson's watchable anything he's in yeah he made snakes on the plane watchable that's true he did so yes and somebody. he d- he did the introduction for the football game tonight too so did he yeah <laughs> he made it fun he makes I everything fun motherfucking sick of these motherfucking scrolls on these motherfucking space station you need your party <laughs> turned up Invite Samuel Jackson. He'll there do you it. Go. He's that's what he can do. It's a natural gift. That's what he does. <laughs> I was trying to remember what late night show it was where he was doing the story time with a book that was basically wash your motherfucking hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh good go to fucking sleep, I think is the name of the book. Yeah, that's right. Uh we lost a couple people. Uh Michael Chapman, the master cinematographer and director, has died. He was eighty four. Chapman's first job as director of photography was on the 1973 Jack Nicholson film, The Last Detail. But it was his collaboration with Scorsese on 1976's Taxi Driver that helped to define the American New Wave era of auteur filmmaking in the 70s. Yep. The duo followed that with 1978's The Last Waltz, the uh, acclaimed documentary capturing the last concert performance of the band. The band, the band, before yeah. you ask Kay. I know you're... you're gelling in there (laughs) but their crowning achievement was 1980s raging bull a docu-style tale of the rise and fall of legendary boxer jake lamada and de niro with in the lead over the next several decades chapman took on numerous genre assignments among his most notable cinematography credits were joel schumacher's the lost boys scrooged ghostbusters 2 kindergarten cop the fugitive space jam 2001's uh, evolution but I forgot that movie existed. It's a very underrated film. It was it was a lot of fun. David, Evolu- David, evolution. David Duchovny <laughs> yeah. trying to branch out in the movie business. Yep. Did did not take. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's wow. and it's funny cuz like like everybody in that film is enjoyable in the parts that they're in. You're right. Ah. And it's uh it's a Harold Ramis story. Right. And mm. and, and directed by who was directed by? I thought That's Harold Ramis name. directed it. I don't think he did. No? No. But at any rate, it's it's a oh, fun film. But I Evolution think Evolution t- made in 2001. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was 2001's Evolution. I'm like, I don't remember that prequel. <laughs> I was so confused. Okay. Yeah, made in 2001. Right, yes. okay. Yeah. The year we made contact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Ivan Reitman. That's two thousand. Yes, I knew director. it was one of those genre directors. Harold Ramis wrote the story. Ivan Reitman directed. Ivan so Reitman. It's like that. Harold that classic. They worked co- collaboration. together a lot. But it, yeah, it, it's 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 one of those films that it's like if yeah. you watch it, you'll enjoy it. But at the time that it came out, it they got buried. Get, yeah, it, it got, got buried. buried. And they think Daredevil came out around that time. Y two K. People. Were well, this is two thousand one. That was a whole oh, year after. Well, you know, people Y2K. are dumb. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but yes. But uh, this is actually about Michael Chapman. So continuing, yes. uh, Chapman's, uh, as a director, directed Tom Cruise in All the Right Moves and mm. uh, 1986's The Clan of the Cave Bear. 
Uh, mm. Chapman's other notable works as cinematographer include uh, Philip Kaufman's 78 remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, 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 yeah. Great film. Yeah. Uh, Steve Steve Martin's Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, as well as oh The Man with God. Two Brains. Oh. I love those films. Actually, I, Those are actually two of my favorite Steve Martin films of all time. Mm. Uh, Doc Hollywood, Rising Sun, Primal Fear, and Six Days and Seven Nights. And he also shot several Michael Jackson videos, among them Bad, directed by Scorsese. Huh. Uh, Chapman retired in 2007 after making the children's tale The Bridge to Terabithia. I saw that. His cinematography work in Raging Bull is quite amazing. I mean, other than the fact that the film is shot in black and white, it would easily hold up to any other film presented, you know, today, black and 40 white. years later. I thought that my was, TV was broken. Yeah. Shit. No, Me that too. was that was a creative creative choice since they I were I thought the movie theater was broken. Yeah. Trying to do that documentary style. Oh. The black and white. That was on purpose? Yeah. Shit. Here I thought it was the movie theater, yeah. HBO. Right. The VHS I rented. There we yeah. go. Every single <laughs> uh, I, I'm just glad Jeff finally caught on. <laughs> Jesus. Like, wow, Jeff. It's not like I was we, convinced we, that your <laughs> rants say, like, hey, we weren't that good. <laughs> I was just letting you get it out of your system. Because <laughs> trying to stop you would have been pointless. Uh, uh, geek shot. Getting it out of our system for 10 years. <laughs> it's true. We get it out of our system. So you, so don't, you don't have, have to. to. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> yep, there's our T-shirt. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> also this week, we lost uh, Terry Goodkind, mm, uh, yeah. best-selling author of the Sword of Truth series. He was 72. He published his first novel, Wizard's First Rule, in 1994. And over the next three decades, Goodkind wrote more than 30 best-selling books that sold over 26 million copies. Goodkind was best known for the 21-volume Sword of Truth saga, he was praised for his world-building skills in the series, which was turned into a short-lived television show in 2008. Fuck, 21 volumes? I didn't realize that either. Jesus uh, Christ. Even as a fan of the series, yeah. at least the early parts of it. Because didn't you review Wizard's First Rule on uh, yes. the Ugly Couch show back I in did. the day? Yep, yes, I, I thought so. I thought I remembered that. Uh, Goodkind's career was not without controversy. His work was often criticized for his depictions of women. He also set off a critical backlash after he lambasted the cover of one of his own books. Uh, yeah, I, not an author without his share of troubles. Well, sure. Uh, it's Boy, his, that's coming few and far between sure, these you know, days. When you're well, a f- fan of Ayn Rand, it really is. You, it's, you, it's, it's a setup to be an asshole. The, the, his books are Ayn Rand channeled yeah. fantasy is what it is. Well, no, because he doesn't write fantasy books. Oh, that, rather right. than the early ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know he was dyslexic, though, so that's pretty impressive for a dyslexic to write. Uh, ah, yeah. you know what? Damn, fuck that. <laughs> computers what does it matter uh, it does help overall but we're talking 94 here uh-huh. that's now you computers can fix your shit lord knows it does mine every week <laughs> uh but uh yeah but yeah and uh, i i will say that uh as i think i stopped reading his books uh probably about the when he stopped his first run of it i think it was like eight or nine books mm-hmm. and then apparently he carried on 21 seriously yeah was that like self-published where the fuck did these books come from uh well i know that he also wrote like that novellas in it too because he had that zed novella that he released okay Um, see 
Zed is like the one thing I liked about his books. I like Zed from uh, the TV show. Eh, they they got know? Zed right. So may you find your sword of truth, Mr. Goodkind. Boy, back when... Or women in red leather. Whatever you're into. That's right. With their... Yeah, with their shock sticks. Shock sticks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyway, and spelling Kalen wrong. Colin, right? Yeah. What the fuck is that? I always, always, in my brain, will always call her Colin. I did too. And then I found out it's supposed to be pronounced Kalen. And I'm like, what? Who the hell pronounces K A H K? Yeah. Yeah. And who pronounces it by the wood? (laughs) Yeah. Tatiana Maslani. Yes. uh, Known for playing several roles in BBC's, uh, BBC America's Orphan Black, will be taking up the role of Jennifer Walters in the upcoming Disney Plus show, She Hulk from Marvel Studios. In the comics, Walters is the cousin of Bruce Banner, who receives her own gamma powers when she receives a blood transfusion from Banner. Uh, She-Hulk, created by Stan Lee and John Buscema, is able to retain more of her human personality and self-control after a transformation into the big green. News of Maslany's casting arrives just one day after it was reported that it's always sunny... uh, Philadelphia? That's the one. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I didn't write the whole thing. I, just, I wrote, it's always sunny. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was <laughs> and like, my brain seized up. I was like, he had a problem with Philadelphia? <laughs> He's like, in Philadelphia. Hey, I won't put anything past yeah, him anymore. I guess not. After 10 years of doing this. <laughs> At this point, I need a presidential cognitive test. <laughs> uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Vet, vet, Coiro was tapped to direct the show's pilot episode. Vet, Coiro? Uh, person who directed it's always sunny on oh. philadelphia one of the directors cat cairo was tapped to direct cat this. cairo yes okay if, See, if, i miss the cat it sounded had, like he said vet coiro it did it, it, i probably I, did because my brain broke <laughs> <laughs> i was just like you know say it right the first time you well that's not gonna happen yeah. uh jessica gow uh who is a writer for rick and morty has led the writer's room which based on a tweet from may has already wrapped uh, Gao is also executive producing and show running, which will tie into the big screen efforts down the road. Aside from Orphan Black, Miscellany's other TV endeavors include BoJack Horseman, Robot Chicken, Drunk History, Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia, and Three Below Tales of Arcadia. A lot of voice work. Yeah, she uh, mm. she was also in the uh, that uh, Perry Mason reboot that oh, okay. HBO did. I'm I'm okay with her casting as that because uh, she, she was really she, good in Orphan Black. Yeah, she's I mean. She, out like out really of the park good with Nor- Orphan Black. She's the reason to watch Orphan Black. I was always amused when they would introduce yet another clone in the series, and then she's like got to perform all the different personalities of the existing characters and take on a completely new one. Yeah, it's, um, an, it's an actor's exercise for sure. Yeah, and it's funny because like she wasn't even one of the ones I was thinking they might cast for She Hulk, uh, especially when the studio said they were looking for. Um, uh, somebody that was like, uh, oh, what's her name from Community? I'm totally blanking out on her name. Patton Oswalt. No, her, not him. Oh, Patricia Oswalt. At any rate, but yeah, I, I, I think Amy that's Poehler a good casting. Any Polar or Aubrey Plaza? No, that's you're you're thinking Parks and Rec. Oh, he didn't say. Oh, I he said, said community. community. Oh, that's then it's. Uh, she was also in the uh, uh, the the glow. God damn it! I'm gonna. <laughs> fucking make me look up yep. I'm, oh, otherwise oh, i'm gonna vapor oswald lock. Patton. that's who you're looking oh for. yeah Pat- patricia Patton. patricia no, oswald said, oh okay 
Oswald Cobblepot. Yes. Alison Brie. God Alison Brie. They said they were looking for an Alison Brie type to is play she, the character. I love it when they look for Alison Brie type. Like, <laughs> yeah. is, is Alison Brie actually, busy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I, if well, that's maybe, I guess. Because she know. said when she heard that, she's like, I'm available. Well, then fuck them. If <laughs> yeah. I look for an Alison Brie type. And I they don't actually go try to yeah. cast her. That would, That's sort of like the story behind. Yeah. A, I'm looking for a Commander K type. Yeah. To be on Geek Shock, well, but not Commander K. You what will, do you do? Dude, that's the story of my life. So, But uh, Tom, the guy who played Tom Paris in Voyager. Robert Duncan McNeil. Robert Duncan McNeil. He actually was really funny because they were like, you know, for, for this particular character, they hadn't decided on Tom Paris yet. They were like, but we want a Robert Duncan McNeil type. <laughs> and it was really funny because he said it took them a while to just be like, well, why don't we ask Robert Duncan McNeil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, and he tells it, it's much more, it's a much more thorough story. Because he eventually hit a point where he went like nine months or something, turning down work, waiting to yeah. see when they would cast Voyager. And then they finally it's got him It's a lifelong paycheck. So yes, oh, you wait for Trek. You say no to nine months work, you could conceivably just kiss your, your career goodbye. Yes, that's a big risk. You could fall off the radar. Yeah. So it was... Uh, it's like but, missing recording a podcast for two weeks. And I he know. got fortunate, too, because that led him into directing, which is what he really wanted to do, because uh-huh. he he kind of fell out of love with the actual acting part yeah. of the industry, but absolutely but loves directing and yeah. producing, and, and that's what he's doing. ironically fell in love with, uh, with Bree, so it's... I know. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, that is so weird with, with Hollywood that they do that so often. Yeah, It's yeah. like, I want to cast somebody that's like this person, and I'm like, well, have you ever approached said person and see if they're interested? Well, mm. no, we're looking for, you know... Eh, I, I want mean, sometimes cheaper. It's, yeah, exactly. Sometimes <laughs> it's monetary concerns. They're I like, think so. I don't think that that person will will perform this part for what we want to pay yeah. and then sometimes it's it always just seems like ignorance it's like hmm well i guess we could ask that person <laughs> if they want to perform this role and yeah want someone cheaper like it. than brie larson <laughs> that's really it what is, it comes down yeah, to yeah yeah that's what it, that's what it is <clears throat> i have a feeling that 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 is hilarious though so all right. And I do want to stop this uh, podcast. Uh, oh, just, okay. Just Bye. It's on nice knowing you. On its ear, real quick. Oh. And just uh, say, Jeff, I yeah. really love how you're shaping your beard. Uh-huh. It's very static X. Uh-huh. I really love it. So keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I just <laughs> just trimmed it up. So and the way you the way you keep grabbing it, it's very. It's fun to you're, you're on yeah. your It's way fun to, to tuck on the being, chin. Yeah, being an you, old you, man. You've you have shaved down the sides, but you definitely trimmed them down. But you're yeah. keeping the length on the chin. On the chin, yes. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you push it because you can you can stroke your beard thoughtfully when you have it long enough in the yeah you I, push it I uh, you get that you know that what I'm not going to say mm. anything right. uh, he bled mm. for days <laughs> <laughs> Amazon announces developing a spinoff of the boys the oh new, yeah the new show will be set at America's College for Young Superheroes of course it's run by Voight Inter- International the company behind the superhero group, The Seven. The spinoff series will be R-rated as it explores the lives of these young heroes who are each competing for the best contracts in the best cities, thus increasing their likelihood of one day making it into The Seven. And they'll be testing their physical, moral, and sexual boundaries in an effort to get there. It's described as part college show, part Hunger Games, with all the uh, heart, satire, and raunch of its parent series. 
Craig Rosenberg, who did Preacher, will write the pilots and serve as showrunner and executive producer for the new show. Preacher? Yeah. Yeah, Garth Ennis. It makes sense. Jesus Christ. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is this... Is this a spinoff that's based on an existing comic property, or uh, is this a spinoff just off of the the boys? Uh, like kind of yes, kind of no. They kinda did kind of no. like the Teenage Kicks. They did, yeah. They did Teen Titanic and yeah. Teenage Kicks, and of course the one that that would be in have to be in full parody territory to avoid uh, copyright issues would be the G Men. Which was a full blown X Men riff, and they did they <laughs> Jeff they riffed everything. You had the G Men, which was run by this guy named Godolkin, who had a, a special school, and he was he was Garth Ennis' worst type of mentor for children. Okay, and you can just imagine where it went from there. And they also had G Force and G plus and g thing and they they did all the g spinoffs and they went full-blown and then in the comics they vaught finally decided they couldn't control them Mm -hmm. so they literally killed them all but uh that sounds very garth yeah (laughs) to be honest exactly yeah so but it's really funny because when you hear about a a kid academy the g-men is exactly what i because there was the the liber the the Christian thing that what's her name, uh, right? Uh, Star Starlight Starbright what Starlight. Starlight I can't I can't think of uh, yeah she uh, she was a member of that right. was actually like a teen uh, kind of academy thing but eh, well you know yeah, what so They're I think there. it's going to be a mixture I think it's going to be inspired by some of the stories that they weren't able to tell with the boys that yeah. they've had in the early Probably it'll comics. be something fully spun off on their own thing. Right. They'll probably take some of those characters and then... Sure. Yeah, make guest appearances. Maybe so. Blarney Cock will uh, yes, show it's, up. It's got, you got to have Blarney Cock in there. Blarney Cock, you know, you just... What about Love Sausage? I don't know. Was that a character in the comics? You're or is, not, or you're is not that... Ca- you're not caught up on the TV show up. yet. No, I'm not. Now we're still on Blarney Cock. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I actually, I fell, well, it's because of this goddamn project. I fell behind on Lovecraft Country and uh, Boys. Well, the last episode of The Boys is what, on the 9th? So after that, then I'm going to start watching it. Oh, I see. Oh, I see, Mr. I, I have wanna, to have it all at once. Yeah, I want to watch it at my own goddamn uh, time. Oh, right. I bet you haven't. So you, you haven't read the Game of Thrones books because they're not done, right? Uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and they never will be. Uh, I still remember you coming into the transit corridor holding the, the one book. And you yeah, were, when I first started. You were all excited and happy. It was good. By then, I, I think I'd already given up because Song of Rape and Nipples was just a, a little <laughs> too much for me. I, I, I am curious one thing with uh, Game of Thrones people, and Game of Thrones readers uh, will, will attest is that the the one big thing that separates the TV show from the books is Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. And so those that read the book know what I'm talking about. Those who haven't, yeah, you should read it because Lady Stoneheart's actually really Lady cool. Lady Stoneheart is a great fucking concept. Yes. And so that is kind of the weird catalyst that the books have that the show doesn't and how that figures into how right. it rolls and, out. And people are hoping in the next book... Stoneheart really something, right? There's there's more, or there's something bigger, or something. I, 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 we don't know, but it's it's the hope. It's the hope. Yeah, 
What a really great concept, too. Yeah. Totally fits in wonderful with the world he made. Yeah. Which, you know, George R.R. R. Martin, it's, it's not creating the worlds, it's creating the books. That's his problem. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, okay. NASA has set its first Artemis test flight for 2021, ahead of its 2024 target date for returning people to the moon. Moon. NASA has made public its new lunar exploration program overview, which Luna. That's that's the new Stadia. Yes. Which, Amazon. Which serves Amazon, <laughs> Luna, Woman, Artemis, Moon. Oh my God! You're Conspiracy. A it's it's all tied together, guys. <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> Holy shit! It all makes sense now. <laughs> uh, Yes, the Todd. They've made public their program overview, which serves as a bird's eye survey of both bird's eye. past and upcoming Artemis milestones. I see what he did there, as well as the program's role as an early stepping stone to Mars. Have Doc- they started the hunt yet for the? Get it, hunt Artemis Huntress? No, okay. The document outlines the timeline for three planned launches of the conjoined space launch system rocket. Conjo- conjoined? Yes. The conjoined space launch system rocket and Orion spacecraft that by the third launch will put the first woman in history on the lunar surface. Starting next year, the agency plans to launch Artemis 1 for a crewless trip into orbit in the process testing performance, life support, and communication capabilities. And clueless was a... What? Go ahead. I was just going to say it's a movie with women. It is. It is. Starring women. Sure. Sure, and and Paul Rudd will be involved in this somehow. Oh yeah, and J- Judd Apatow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's probably flight director. Yeah, I think I think they're uh, he's he's going up in the crewless one. Oh. It will be followed by Artemis two in twenty twenty three, a crewed orbital mission that will serve crewed? as crewed C R E W E D. That's like pasties and thongs featuring and stuff? Uh, featuring yes, very yes. crude. It, it, I wouldn't do it. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, ha- I'm having flashbacks. We'll serve as quote, flashbacks a prox- to what? To Wait Paul. a minute. And it will serve as a quote proximity operations demonstration in which ostr- astronauts, god damn it. Yes, <laughs> astronauts. Yeah, case the like serial complete. <laughs> yeah, it has happened. The astronauts will launch from the ost. If you launch from the Oz to the West, oh, then you get to the moon. Oh, never launch from the Luna. Earth. We will have Amazons on Luna. Yeah. Very nice. Artemis 3 will be the launch that takes NASA back to the moon with humans aboard. Artemis is intended to return people to the moon and keep them there. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> While building an infrastructure network that can support space exploration okay. that ver- ventures deeper into the solar system. Oh, all right. So NASA also outlined its plan to use Artemis as a platform developing space communication networks called LunaNet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. An extensible and scalable lunar communication and navigation architecture also plays video games, apparently. It's so funny because I still remember the first time I... I recognize the importance when JFK said, we want to send a man to the moon and return him safely to Earth. And I was like, oh, I guess you could. It'd be a lot easier <laughs> yeah. to just send him to the moon. and First parts. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're done. Hey, all right, you're on the moon. John, good luck. Yeah. Neil, great, great work. Appreciate you, Neil. Yeah. Wave at us now and then. <laughs> Don't eat all the food at once. 
it was so funny because he did. He specifically said that, and I was it. It never really made any sense to me until I thought, oh shit, yeah. So so now, uh, Artemis three. No, stop! Don't look at me like that. This what? is a serious question. Oh, okay. <laughs> So is Artemis... That he follows up with a chuckle. <laughs> this is yeah. a serious question. <laughs> yeah. I am not mollified. <laughs> Artemis 3, are they going to be there for when when Artemis 3 gets to the moon? Is that crew right then and there going to be there for a while? Or are they just there to you know, prove it works, everything's uh, cool, and then we're going to start following? It's complicated because well, part women of their... are involved, so of course it is. Fuck you! Wow. <laughs> it's complicated because of what NASA's plan is with the whole Artemis program. Is not only do they want to like launch crews to the moon, they want to establish an orbital platform around the moon that would be kind of like a it's mini big. space station where they would dock and then you would have the lander descend from the station as opposed to like with uh with Apollo where you carried the you know the landing craft and everything on the same oh. rocket oh. so it's why uh, isn't that in that thing Todd it's because, because I have Jeff <laughs> it's because Artemis is ridiculous the whole program what? is I as Jeff, much as I, I love yes as much as I love NASA and you know space program, Artemis, the whole Orion spacecraft, everything is based on old technology. They mm-hmm. are they are trying to slap together the space launch system using shuttle era boosters and external tanks. So they're using solid rocket boosters. They're using shuttle engines strapped to the bottom of uh, external tank. And the only new system in that whole thing is the Orion spacecraft. And even that is so far behind that it's almost 20-year-old technology that yeah. they're using. It's it's. Why don't they just what's license out is, Artemis to Elon Musk and let him do it? Well, what's, what's disappointing is they're using legacy contractors that NASA has worked with for decades, and they're taking the approach of, well, we know that this works, so you know we used it 30 years ago, so we're going to use that now. But the problem is, when you expand the mission beyond mm-hmm. what those systems were designed for, sure. you run into the problem we have now, whereas they have gone so far over budget with this space launch system, which has been, quote-unquote, designed and redesigned a dozen times since it was initially announced in the was it late 90s early 2000s it's almost to the point where they really should just give up and start over with a blank page from scratch design but they have so much money into this say. first launch rocket they mm-hmm. only have the one right now that's that's being prepared to launch next year and then they would have to build a whole another one for the 2023 mission why was so still long in between? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I, and and it, what I think bothers me is you have companies like SpaceX, Blue Origin, and all these that are really taking completely different approaches. Yeah, and using new technologies and exploring and developing new technologies and new systems and new materials that are far superior and lighter weight. 
Do you think to what NASA's contractors are using? Is it is it undoubtedly part of it because the whole the whole government contractor yes, thing? Congress doesn't approve the funds unless you use their state's people. Blah 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 blah. It's 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 a it's a complex of industries that have been doing the same thing for so long that government gets comfortable with just writing a blank check to them saying, oh, well, we've worked with Boeing for so long. They know what they're doing. We'll just give them a blank check. And then they struggle to meet deadlines, but they still get paid. They struggle to adjust the designs for the new requirements, but they still get paid. And this is with NASA's... Yeah. NASA. This is with NASA's budget getting cut Yes. All the time anyway. Yes. I mean, it's it's one of those instances where government and NASA management have been eclipsed by technology and progress, and they're still stuck in the 80s, essentially. Mm. They don't see the future. They see what they could have done with the technology they had 40 uh, years ago, 30, 40 years ago. All right. So anyway, I... I'll get off my soapbox well, now. Well, geez, so. Okay, so it's complicated, but not because of the women. Fine. No. It's like a, it's like a Facebook no. relationship no. status. Complicated. And it sucks because there are people in NASA that also think that things could be done better and less expenditure if they would use newer companies that have newer approaches rather than keep going right. back to the well of the same contractors that only do a thing a certain way because that's what they have done and they don't take chances with developing new materials. They've mm. come, become so complacent. Hey, if, they, if they haven't sponsored a space camp tribe, we're not interested. Yeah, right. Rockwell versus okay. Grauman. <laughs> Jeez. We were Rockwell one year. Oh. Yeah. We were sponsored by Rockwell International. It always felt like someone was watching us. Which got bought by Boeing. <laughs> Paramount Animation is adapting the horror comic Stray Dogs for film. The studio has bought the rights to the soon-to-be-published comic book by Tony Fleece and Trish Florster that is being described as, quote, Silence of the Lambs meets Lady and the Tramp, unquote. Okay. Mark Perez, the writer behind Game Night, is writing the script with Gary Dauberman, the writer of It and It Chapter 2. Dauberman or Doberman? Dauberman. Okay. It's okay when Kay does it, but apparently not me. <laughs> I see. I see where. I see where my line is drawn. From, stay uh, from stay you, in your lane, Jeff. <laughs> from you, Jeff, I expect real questions. <laughs> uh, I'm just. I'm, folks, I'm just sitting here listening to the story respectfully. I don't know what anybody's talking about, but. That's the Doberman wrote <laughs> it, it, chapter two and, and was the director of Annabelle comes home quote. So much of what makes horror work is taking something innocent and twisting it into something scary. Doberman said, and what, and that's what we want to do in stray dogs, take animation and twist it into something terrifying by using it to explore a really dark story. Unquote. The comic is set for release next year. So, uh, scariest thing since watership down, I guess. Yikes. And Netflix is expanding the universe of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead before the heist film debuts. They have ordered both a prequel film and an anime series based on the upcoming release, which wrapped principal photography last October. 
Uh, Shay Hatton, who wrote Army's screenplay along with Snyder and Joby Harold, is penning the prequel movie as well as the animated series. The anime, huh. entitled Army of the Dead Lost Vegas, is slated to center around Scott Ward, a character played by David Batista, who, along with his rescue crew, confronts the mysterious source of the zombie outbreak in Sin City. Snyder is on board to direct two episodes of the show. Jay Olivia, who did Batman The Dark Knight Returns, has been tapped as showrunner and will direct two entry entries as well. Entrees, great. Set in the aftermath of a zombie apocalypse, the genre-mashing Army of the Dead is about a group of thieves who decide to rob a casino while fending off a horde of flesh-eating ghouls. Ocean Eleven meets World War Z. Movie set to premiere sometime in 2021, although no date is still set. Huh, interesting. So not like a heist movie about stealing the cure for the zombie virus or... Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> not, I haven't zero. seen it yet. It says casino. Oh, you're right, it is casino. But we and, do know. And we yeah, all, no, that's not and, that. And that's ridiculous because we all know casinos close during pandemics. This is true. I, I, Until they don't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Until Jeff has to go back to work. Nobody's going back to work. Yeah. <laughs> no, everybody... <laughs> All the other restaurants in my place of business are open, except for mine and one other. Go now, figure. My bar is open, but only open three days a week Yeah, and eight hours a day. But I got to wow. be honest, with the mo- number of stupid people running around the strip yep. right now, yeah, not too upset about not being back to work. Yeah, Me neither. Nice. It's still got some savings left. And it's still a goddamn COVID world, yep. and Vegas oh. numbers aren't great still. Nope. I think we're at a 12% infection rate. Well, and now it's getting fucking dangerous on the strip. What's oh. all this fucking violence and shit yeah, going crime's on? Crime's up 15% on the strip yeah. so far this year. But yeah, we had shootings and everything else. Yeah. Crazy. Yay, Vegas. Uh, James Gunn and the Suicide Squad star John Cena are taking Cena's character Peacemaker to HBO Max. Sorry. Is that the Peacemaker's channeling Paul there for a second? No, it's he's doing Paul with John Cena's music. Except he's not pulling it up on his phone. Yeah, and I didn't go, wait, wait, who? Tap phone. The streaming service announced that it's given an eight-episode straight-to-series order to Peacemaker. Wow. A series that will, quote, explore the origins of the character Cena has called, quote, a douchey Captain America. Uh, And Gunn has called the guy who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he needs to kill along the way, unquote. A bit of a revision, I think. Yes. Gunn is set to write all eight episodes of the series, direct several of them, including the premiere. HBO Max's press release notes that production on the series is set to launch early next year before Gunn heads back to Marvel to work on the third Guardians of the Galaxy film. Created in 1966 by Joe Gill and Pat Boyette, Peacemaker was originally set up at Charlton Comics before he was acquired by DC. Uh, Peacemaker was originally a pacifist diplomat who used force through non-lethal weaponry before various pieces of his backstory warped him into a violent vigilante. Ah. So it's... Yeah. Yeah, I saw that article and I'm like, yeah, why not? More content and James Gunn. <laughs> John Cena. I think it's going to be super entertaining for those two reasons alone. Yeah, I know I got the music in my Now you got to edit it into the episode. No, no, I don't. I'm not allowed to anymore. That's a no-no with all the contracts involved. We are now on Amazon Music and Spotify. Although... 
your version K sounded more like the Price is Right theme in my head. <laughs> I, I did that deliberately. Okay, okay. I just wanted to see if my ear piece was working right. Yeah, your piece of your ear was working right. No promises from here on out. Frank Grillo is set to star in a space thriller retrograde from director Jeremy Rush. Grillo previously worked with Rush on Wheelman, which debuted on Netflix in 2017, written by Mark Mazur, who did Latency. The film is set in the aftermath of a nuclear war between the United States and Russia. Up in the Earth's atmosphere, American and Russian astronauts aboard the International Space Station engage in their own brutal conflict to get, gain control of the station. Wow. Right? That second sentence yeah. sells it home. Yep. My goodness. Sounds fun. Grillo. Yeah. Crossbones, right? Uh, yes, the, I believe you know, so. Yeah, he was the uh, nothing personal cap uh, shield agent. Yes. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, I think this, uh, one, I, I love this idea of space war in the International Space Station yeah. when the Earth war goes to shit. Especially since International Space Station is so small. Yes. They'll, yeah. they'll probably make it massive. <clears throat> probably. Maybe. But it'd be, Future. Maybe future it, thing. It'd be funny if, like, their war is, you know, it's like three capsule containers. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do you fight? How the hell do you fight? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Don't answer that, Jake. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Doberman. Do Do Doberman. Dober Dauber. Dauber? Yes. Dauber. When you said Frank Grillo, my mind went to freaking Jerky Boys for a minute. You know? Oh, like, okay. Like, Frank Rizzo. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a natural I, connection. And I was just like, wait a minute, is it oh I forgot Jerky Boys was a thing. And then yeah. and then Rizzo They I, they were they were huge. I was thinking of Greece. Oh. oh, sure. Yeah. There are worse things I could do. Yeah. Than go with a boy or two. Uh press against them when they dance, make them feel they have a chance and refuse to see it through. This took a turn. <laughs> that's one Jeff. thing yes. I'd never do. Yeah.